Welcome to Red Leg Nation Radio, your home for discussion and analysis of Cincinnati Reds baseball all year long. Now here's your host, Chad Dotson. Hello everyone, welcome back to Red Leg Nation Radio, the world's greatest Cincinnati Reds podcast. This is episode number 223. I'm one of your hosts, Chad Dotson, with me again this week as he was last week and uh, many, many weeks, your friend and mine, Jason Linden. How are you today, Jason? I am solidly okay. Jason, uh, you're only okay instead of the usual splendiferous or, or what you usually say. And I know why you're only just okay. It's, it's because you had to hang out with me this weekend, isn't it? Well, you know, I try to limit my chat exposure to once every like ever. And that's twice now. So Smart, yeah. Um, now, we had a good time this weekend, um, I think, didn't we? Yeah, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. The Reds were... Uh, very accommodating to us, and uh, and I think a good time was had by all. And they won, which means they should give us, like, you know, they should make sure that we're there forever now. Absolutely. And to give you the context, uh, we try as often as we can um, to get our at least our writers together from RedLegNation.com and uh, our writing staff and families and uh, take in a game. And, and this weekend's when we, when we did that. Uh, a couple years ago, we did it with a sort of more public element. And uh, I'm going to be honest with the, with the listeners. I, I, I tried to get a live podcast worked out. It didn't quite work out, but that's going to be in the works at some point soon, I hope. Uh, so we just did an event with our writers, and we uh, all got tickets and uh, sat in the uh, the Fox Sports Club, I think they call it, and watched the game. And it was great. But before the game, you mentioned the Reds being very accommodating to us. And they were. Uh, the group, uh, they ushered us into uh, one of the boardrooms there at the uh, administrative offices and uh, assist. It began with Vice President and um, Assistant General Manager Sam Grossman sitting down and talking with us and answering all of our dumb questions. And uh, for those of you that don't know Sam, because he is sort of behind the scenes a little bit, he has a reputation as being an analytical, one of the analytics guys, and uh, and really open to uh, the concepts that sometimes we get frustrated when we see they're not being implemented on the field uh, with the Reds. But he's he's one of the guys pushing the front office in that direction. And I think there are lots of others that are receptive to that. But anyway, he was, don't you think, Jason, extremely, uh, we're not going to quote verbatim the things that he said necessarily, but he was extremely open with us, don't you think? Yeah, no, I think so. I mean, you know, everything was, uh, was you know, again, like you said, it wasn't, it wasn't official or anything. But yeah, he was very um, informative, you know, very honest with us in a way that I appreciate. Um, you know, I, I think it's... Uh, we do a lot of work at Red Leg Nation in terms of analysis and things like that. And at times we've started to get a little bit of media access. Um, you know, I get it here in Louisville and I know, you know, Doug and, and various others get it as they kind of travel around to, to other minor league affiliates. So, you know, the, to be given access like that and, and sort of, I suppose, trusted like we were was, uh, was nice. And, and it's good to see them, I think, taking us at least a little bit seriously. Right. I mean, you know, we're just a bunch of dumb guys, and everybody already knows that and at this me. point. <laughs> right, plus you. Um, but uh, And we're not out here begging for uh, press passes every night and things like that. But this also wasn't a situation where, I mean, there's some uh, PR element for the Reds, I'm sure. Yeah, but, yeah. but it wasn't just a sort of pro forma, you know, all right, let me, uh, let, let's go in here and do this event with these kids uh, and uh, with these dumb internet guys and, you know. They they took it seriously to the to the point of having a serious discussion about serious uh, issues related to the Reds and, and decisions that have been made, and uh, it wasn't just a glad hand. Let's shake your hand and and uh, and move on. And and I, I thought the way they approached it. I know there's a PR element on their part, yeah. but I thought they approached it seriously rather than just oh I got to go in here and deal with these internet yahoos. Does that make sense? Yeah, and you know one of the things I appreciated is that. Uh, both Sam and then also Dick, when he came in kind of at the end, um, made it, a, they were clearly aware of what our issues were. Let's put it that way. Yeah, they've been and, reading. It's true. Yeah, they did clearly. the best they could to, to address what have been sort of some of the primary issues uh, that have been raised on the site and Twitter and, and all of those kinds of things. And that was nice. Um, that was, I, I, I think I might actually have appreciated that more than anything else. It was like, you know, maybe we can or can't give you the full answer, but we're aware of it, and this is what we can tell you. Yeah, yeah, and and yeah, they clearly 
they clearly were aware of the things we've been writing and our perspective on things. And again, it was more than just a, a PR move. To the, I mean, and it was PR. I don't want to. I'm not dumb enough to to think that that's not part of it. But um, they know that we're uh, the most passionate Reds fans on earth. To be honest, we we're, we spend our free time, you know, talking and writing and uh, uh, watching the Reds. And so, the fact that they uh, were aware and tried to address the best that they felt like they were able. Some of our issues was was interesting. Now I said we're not going to get into the things necessarily that they said, um, at least not specifically, because it was sort of an informal thing, and um, not that they broke any news necessarily. But uh, you and I had a conversation during the game afterwards that uh, it seemed to be, and I don't know if it, if it was a, a something we really should have latched onto or not, but it, there was a really big elephant in the room that was not mentioned by any by either Dick Williams or by Sam Grossman at all uh, in response to any of the questions. You know you know what I'm going at? Your, your, boy, your, your boy, Scooter? Yeah, yeah. Scooter was danced around. He was, They were dancing around the Scooter question a lot, it seemed like, didn't it? Yeah. See, I thought, I thought, I will say, Chad, I thought you might have just been taking an opportunity to say something that you always like to say. That's why I wasn't sure. Jason, listen. We're trying to have a serious think, podcast think, here. You know, we everybody knows they need to add pictures, and one candidate who I know available, you know who he is. Uh, Clayton Kershaw? No, I, Jason, we're trying to have a serious podcast. I don't know why you're leading us astray here. Well, I mean, we might as well go ahead and get it over with. <laughs> here he goes again. <laughs> Luis Alberto Bonilla. And I didn't mention Lisa Alberto a single time to either Dick Williams or Sam Grossman. Which helped us be taken seriously. <laughs> we were trying to be taken seriously that day. That's right. Um, but Scooter, is that something maybe that I've thought about a little bit since then? And I, it really did strike me that there were opportunities to talk about Scooter's future with this team. And, uh, and it's certainly in the context of Dilson Herrera or uh, Nick Senzel. And they completely danced around it, didn't they? Yeah. And I mean... Just in terms of, I don't think we learned anything like, you know, particularly new or you know, like you said, but just in terms of what's been available to the media, you know, like they're or in, available publicly, I guess there, um, there are the quotes from Scooter about how he's been told that he wants that the Reds want him around long term. And then there's guys in the front office throwing water on that. You know, it's, it's kind of clear that uh, different people <clears throat> have different feelings about Scooter um, in the front office. And it's rather obviously going to affect, I guess, kind of the, the way he, you know, basically there seems to be a debate going on and it's going to be interesting to see which direction the debate, the debate finally goes. You know, the, a lot of different topics we talked about, it was very clear that there's a debate going on that, uh, some of the questionable moves maybe and uh, some not so questionable that there's a constant uh, back and forth and people taking different sides and uh, ultimately the decision makers make the decision. But that's that's one thing that I got out of it is there's a really healthy debate going on about all these things, and especially the, the moves we find curious. There were a number of times where that was the response. Well, you know, okay, here's here's the way I feel about this. And, you know, we did have a debate about it. And, you know, there's good arguments on the other side. And, you know, um <laughs> They signed Giovanni Gallardo and Cliff Pennington, but they're not dumb people. They're they're really trying to make the right decisions. Um, I wish I'd have been able to ask the Gallardo question. Actually, I should have. Yeah, we talked about that after. Yeah, I think I think I said to you, one of us should have just said, Giovanni Gallardo, please discuss. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but but none of us thought to. So we well, no, it. and it's not like it was a, a short of, I and mean, we were there for an hour hour and a half. I mean, it was. Yeah, a pretty good deal, but uh, I, don't, I don't. That just that one's one that we missed the ball on. Um, but I don't know. It was really nice of them to have us come in and uh, you know just give us a chance to voice our concerns in some ways and uh, let them defend themselves or give us a little insight. So I, I enjoyed it. I was uh, really really happy about it. Uh, Dick Williams came in and was really nice to everybody, um, and uh, just uh, I don't know. Yeah, I, I thought that was a really fun start to what ended up being a pretty good day. Yeah, I agree. And uh, to to give uh, Williams a little bit of credit, I had my son with me, big Eugenio Suarez fan, and uh, you know I don't know how uh, Dick Williams remembered this, but he, he came and he remembered that my son was a Suarez fan and brought him a 
a signed ball from Eugenio, and that was, uh, again, PR move or not, uh, my son, I got big dad points that day uh, for having him in the room. He was a little bit, a lot of the talk was over his head. He was like, I didn't know what y'all were talking about it most of the time. We started talking, you, you said uh, WOBA, W-O-B-A, and my son's head was spinning. He didn't know what that is, but... Um, but he said, uh, but he he was happy because of that. So after that, we went to the game, and uh, man, Reds really played well that day in the process of sweeping the Giants. That's good, right? That is good. Winning is good. I like when they win. Yeah, we had a great 2013 pitching matchup uh, between Matt Harvey and Madison Bumgarner. And the Reds, yeah. Reds beat up on Bumgarner. They did, and Harvey was pretty darn good. Great, so. yeah. Yeah, had yeah. a no-hitter going for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, so fun game. I uh, had a really good time, and um, I'm going to have a little, a little piece up at Red Lake Nation when we get a spot in the, in the schedule to do it. But I also want to mention that uh, I was, uh, you know, Chris Welsh, Reds television broadcaster, friend of the podcast, been on the podcast a number of times, um, uh, sort of uh, gave us, invited uh, Casey and I up to the uh, the booth, and I was going to drop a book off for him. So he asked to come on. We went up and watched it. Watching the inning of the game from the TV booth, which is really nice of him, and he and uh, and, and Jim Day were uh, just—I was so appreciative of the way they—they they didn't talk to me at all, but they were—they talked to Casey, you know, um, asking about his team, what position he plays, you know, what grade he's in in school, and and man, just really genuine, and uh, he felt like uh, is the top of the world. And then uh, I'll have the video to post at Red Leg Nation, but then they went on to talk about uh, Casey on the air in the bottom of the seventh inning that night. And so, uh, again, talk about dad points. Uh, thank you, yeah. Chris Wells. Thank you, Reds. Uh, you, you know, you you really made me look good. But uh, And then he plugged uh, Welsh and, and they plugged the book, which was which was fantastic. So, um, And I also got to hang out with a, with a friend of uh, Red Leg Nation, the guy that's written in Red Leg Nation, and uh, always a good friend of ours, Richard Fitch. Yeah, Richard Fitch made an appearance at the game, and we both got to talk to him a little bit. You know, the the big joke for a while has been that I've been trying to avoid Richard. Right. You, you know that's not true, right? I do know that, yes. <laughs> okay. Um, and so it was great to finally get to actually meet him in person. Richard's a great guy and, uh, and uh, you know, fantastic writer. Hope we're going to get him writing some more for Red Lake Nation here really soon. I uh, love the way that guy writes. Yeah, I think I think we might. I think we're bringing him back into the fold. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. He's just uh, he's a really talented writer and big Reds fan and uh, – Makes the trip. He lives in New York now, and he said he makes the yeah. trip like four times a year to watch the Reds in Cincinnati. Yeah, that's dedication right there. That's a guy that loves the Cincinnati Reds, especially these days. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> to drive 10 hours or whatever to watch this team. Right. Oh, but is he driving? Yeah, oh, and he drives. Oh, my goodness gracious. How long yep. is it, you know, you're coming from Louisville, and uh, four times a year seems like a lot, I bet. This was my second game. See, there you go. It's a little. And, and granted, if they'd been better, I would have seen more. But uh, after three and eighteen, I wasn't exactly clear in my schedule. Right. Well, this was my third, and that you know, we went to the second game of the year, and after, they completely fell apart. And I said, I'm not going back. I'm not watching this mess. I think I probably said it here on on the podcast, but I've been a couple of times because we had a book signing. Um, yeah. I keep mentioning a book. It's the book's called The Big Fifty: The Men and Moments That Made. The Cincinnati Reds, Jason. We had a book signing, then we had the Red Leg Nation event this weekend, so I was there. I couldn't avoid the game and, and had a good time. Always a good time going out to Great American Ballpark. Uh, one of the, I say the most underrated baseball stadium on earth. It's really nice now. It's criminally underrated. It, well, I think it's because, and I, I, I think I've seen, read, a, read as much elsewhere, and I agree with it, that it, you know, they opened it, I feel like, before it was really done yeah maybe mm -hmm. yeah so it kind of got initial impression of just being kind of like aesthetically pleasing basically fine um and they've improved it greatly over the years um oh. and yeah it's it's an it's a really excellent experience there you and i sat last week and really criticized bob castellini and the ownership team uh for uh meddling in baseball operations and uh he did i think that, uh, that he deserves that criticism but the flip side is man every year they're doing everything they can to improve that stadium experience. And it, I'm telling you, I don't know why it's not considered to be among the best in baseball at this point. I, I just, and I've been to a lot of them and it's better than I, I, Camden Yards is the only one I've been to that I really think is clearly better than the experience of great American ballpark. Um, so kudos. Yeah, I've been to Camden and it's hard to top Camden Yards. <sighs> yeah. It's amazing. It's amazing. And of course I've not been to Pittsburgh yet. I want I want to see that one, but uh, everybody says that's good. And, 
And this new schedule came out today, and the, and the Reds are going to be in uh, Seattle when really close to the time when I actually was planning to be in the, the Washington area. So I may get to watch the Reds at Safeco Field next year. That'd be fun. Ooh, that would be fun. Seattle ball. Yeah, and, and it'll be in September, right around Labor Day, where when the Reds are going to be, you know, powering forward uh, towards uh, the pennant. Bring your coffee cup, because my understanding is that every time the Mariners win, they have this, like, special tube that showers everyone with coffee. Oh, really? Surely not. It's a coffee, it's a coffee shower tube. That's what they <laughs> actually call it. That's even better than the La Rosa's pizza for 11 strikeouts. The co- I know, right? It just rains down upon you. The coffee shower tube. It's completely disgusting. <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> do they ha- do they have a similar one in Milwaukee? Maybe not for coffee. No, I think they do. Yes, I think they have the beer shower too. <laughs> the beer shower. That, too. They run into some problems with that though, because of you know, um, the you know the drinking age and all of that stuff. So you know, if they're going to create a family atmosphere, yeah. I think they had kibosh on that. <laughs> I guess. All right, we've gone off the rails here. Uh, I want to know when we're ever on the rails. A, excellent, excellent point. Excellent. There they go again. Uh, um, okay, so anyway, let's talk about the Cincinnati Reds. You want to? I guess. You know, they're still... I made a, a point on Twitter last night that I... Yeah, I don't know. Um, the Reds won last night, so yeah, I wasn't like I was in a, such a bad mood. But I'm like, you know, I'm really kind of ready for this regular season to be over. You see where I'm coming from there? I mean, I love baseball, but I, yeah. I'm kind of tired. Yeah. I also am tired. Um, it's, I'm ready for next year. You know, I mean, I'm ready for a little bit of a break and then I'm ready for next year. Cause I still, I have hope. I, you know, I feel like we know what we need to know now. Everyone on the planet is injured. So it's not like the everyday lineup is, yeah. you know, there's, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just pathetic. That's the everyday what, lineup right that- now. That's why I'm tired. Is that uh, they're all, everybody's yeah. hurt? So it's we're not watching, you know, watching Brandon Dixon play first base every day. Okay, I like Brandon Dixon. Got no problems with Brandon Dixon, but you know, come yeah. on. Um, but the flip side, like you said, looking forward to next year is that I, finally I feel like we've learned something about this uh, group of players. I think going into next year, there really is no excuse. We saw there in that you know eighty eighty five game stretch, however long it was where they were really playing well when they had everybody at full strength, that this has the makings of a competitive team. Are they a World Series winner next year? I'm not going to go out on that limb. But I have no doubt that we saw the makings of a team. And yeah. if, they, if they just can add some pieces, next year could be fun. Some some pieces that throw baseballs from 60 feet and 6 inches away. Yes. and, and Usually at the beginning of the baseball game. You're suggesting starting pitchers, I think. That's very good. Yeah. Very good job using your context <laughs> clues there, Chad. All right, excellent, says the English teacher. Yeah, we're uh, A in English today. Um, and that's, you know, talking about our conversation with some of the front office types there this weekend, uh, I think I was comforted by the idea that they understand that's what needs to be done, is acquiring starting pitching, and that that's the plan as far as it goes. I don't know how it's going to shape up, but uh, uh, that's the hope. or the pl- I don't know if it's actually a plan at this point, but... Uh, I don't know. I was encouraged by the answers we got on that. Yeah. I, I mean, I think everybody understands at this point that that is pitching has to happen and let's please, let's make it happen. Yeah. Pitching plus a uh, relative good health. And this is a really, uh, really strong team next year. It really is. Uh, so I want to talk about one of the, the, speaking of pitchers, you had a really interesting, we may have touched on this in our last podcast. Actually, I, we might have a brief, but I don't know if we really got into it because we were waiting for your piece at Cincinnati Magazine to drop on yeah. Cody, on Cody Reed, Reds pitcher Cody Reed, and I was fascinated by his comments. Um, he is really confused. Seems like. Yeah, I mean, basically, his, you know, when I talk to him, his his issue is that, um, and he feels this both for himself and I think you know at least a little bit for Stevenson some too. He said that, uh, you know. He doesn't. It, it seems as though he doesn't feel like he knows what the Reds want him to do. Like, you know, what he said is 
in, in Louisville, they have him starting and then they call him up and he's in the bullpen and, you know, they'll, they'll call him up on, on his scheduled day to start and then because they need a long man and then they won't even use him and then they send him back down. So, you know, it's, it's that kind of stuff. And I mean, at least to some extent, it's, you know, you understand why somebody might be perplexed about about something like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But the, to hear him actually voice it out loud, yeah, to a reporter well, essentially, he's always been pretty forthcoming. I mean, both with me and with whoever else talks to him, I, I, don't, I don't think I've ever seen him hold back on what on what he's on what he thinks or what he has to say. So you know, for that, I, I will give him full credit. He he will talk if you ask him to talk, and he answers your questions. Um, but you know, then it was interesting also to later I just. And kind of almost kind of in passing, asked Dick Schofield about Reed's role because he'd been he has been or he had been until the Reds called him up. He's been fine in Cincinnati, as far as I've seen, unless I missed something. Um, been pitching really well in Louisville, um, and you know, so I asked, like I said, just kind of in passing, like he's kind of got to be getting to the point of earning a shot, right? And and Schofield pretty much uh, came straight out and was like, well, yeah, I mean, he'll probably just be a relief pitcher up there, more or less, is what he said. And, uh, and, and it's interesting that, you know, and it makes you wonder, I guess, if we're going to speculate, it makes you wonder to some extent, like how much is Cody Reed confused? How much is he just, he doesn't want to, you know, admit sort of what the future is likely to be for him. I, it, that, that's, that I couldn't tell you. And that's, that's harder to say. Yeah. There could be some element to that. He still wants to be a starter and he's a, you know, raging against against the machine a little bit, uh, not really willing to accept. Uh, I don't know. I still think he could be a starter. He's still impossibly young, uh, to me anyway, uh, at 25. But uh, the clock is ticking, certainly. And um, well, he looked uh, he's looked good in a couple of outings since he came back uh, with the with the Reds uh, again in in relief. So you know, I don't know. Uh, with him and Robert Stevenson, I just don't uh, I don't know where they fit in next year. I really don't. Especially, yeah. if, especially if the Reds go out and get, uh, say, two starters. I mean, if, at this point, if I'm being honest, so let's be honest and realistic at the same time, okay? You have to feel like, barring some sort of crazy implosion, Castillo and Molly have rotation spots locked down next year. And Di Sclafani, if we're talking about. Well, we're, we'll get there. Okay. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to rush you, Jason. Come on, Chad. Sorry, man. Sitting something up here. You got Homer, who's not going anywhere. Right. Um, Unfortunately. Yeah, I mean, he's in the rotation, though, right? He's 1-11. Uh, Di Sclafani, assuming he's healthy, and I'm sorry, but I just I always have to put that asterisk on there. Big asterisk, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's four spots right there. No. No, you, you miscounted. There is no way this team can have Homer Bailey in the starting rotation next year if they want to pretend to be a competitive team. You really don't think so? They might, because that's the type of things they do. But uh, yeah. there's no way. I like Homer. I've defended Homer for years. I hate to be saying this, but he's going to be 33. And yeah. he has no business. I know they don't want to eat that money, but they're going to have to eat that money. Or to send him to the bullpen, and when he complains, designate him for assignment. Yeah. How, how can you really have him as one of your starting? How do you justify that? I mean, it's true. I don't. I really don't think you can. I, you know, I think. I think maybe the best scenario here is that best in quotation marks. In terms, I think it will get magically easier to eat the money next season because if you designate him for assignment or you stick him to the bullpen or whatever at this point, then you're basically saying, well, this year didn't work, and we know, we assume that next year is not going to work either. Whereas once once next year happens, then basically at any point you can be like, well, this isn't going to work. Yeah, maybe. I, I, you know, it's not, I think it's mentally not the same deal. So if we remove Homer, which I would tend to agree with you, we should, that's still three spots. And, I mean, at the moment, I'd be – certainly he's had his issues of, of – in organization pitchers, I would give a spot to Romano before I think I would give one to Reed or Stevenson right now. I think uh, the the way I look at it though is I think this is it's encouraging if you if you assume that the Reds are going to go out and get two starting pitchers. Now we don't can't right. assume that, but if they if they were to go get two starting pitchers, 
I love having Castillo, Mali, and Di Scalfani, if healthy, as the other three. I mean, I, I really think Di Scalfani has shown this year when he's uh, and he's really rounding into form well after the long layoff and the injuries, and he's just the guy we thought he was going to be. Um, I have no reason to doubt Castillo and Mali. I think they're going to be fine. And so then you've got those two new pitchers plus those three, and you've got Romano, and then you've got uh, Stevenson, and you've got Reed, not in that order, probably Romano, Reed, Stevenson in my mind in some ways, but who can be spot starters or uh, relievers. Yeah. And and you're going to need more than five starters. So, you know, Romano right. is like the sixth guy, the swing guy. He can help He can help a team. And, again, yeah. he's, still, he's only 24 right now. So, I mean, you know. Um, right. But, but we're also – we're very much are at the point where um, they've got a – you know, I think really with Stevenson especially that we're at the point where you're – it's on you. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't think they can get uh, can go out and, and obtain fewer than two pitchers. I just don't. I can if you go get two pitchers that are somewhat above averageish, um you can squint a little bit and say, "Oh, all right, here's this this is not a bad little rotation." If you get one, then all of a sudden, you know, Romano's getting more starts than he should or you know, what happens if uh I mean, gets hurt again? I'll say this. I think that um I'm at least they need to get two pitchers, and at least one of them needs to be significantly above average. Yes, yes. I don't think they both need Not to be number one. Then at least a clear, like you know, number two, like high end number two type yeah. starter. They've got to make a splash on that. Yeah, because then you've got you know I think uh, Castillo and Malley's uh, ceiling is is pretty high in terms of you know maybe a mm-hmm. number, number two guy. Discofani when he's healthy, I swear I think he's. You know, so if you get one more guy like that, another one that's sort of you know somewhat above averageish, all of a sudden you've got a pretty good rotation. I don't think they can go out and get fewer than two pitchers though. I, I, it's time to start uh, trading some of these prospects. It's time to start making a move towards competitiveness, and it's so obvious what they need to do. There's nowhere else on this roster that can be uh, improved as quickly and is there in as much need as in the starting rotation. It's just not even close. You are entirely correct, Mr. Dotson. Finally. Now, one name that we haven't mentioned for the starting rotation. Oh, no, I already said his name. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> you you messed me up there. Sorry. <laughs> Lisa Alberto. Um, Antonio Disclafani. Salvatore Romano. You can stop me at any time, really. I'm... Oh, I'm just going to sit back and, and let you do this to yourself, Chad. Luis Castillo. I mean, here with Tyler Molly. <laughs> I can't yeah. do can't do that one. How about this one? Jackson Stevens. <laughs> That's the only way to say that, Jackson Stevens. <laughs> All right, anyway. Um, All right. I, I, I regret the fact that my ridiculous accent uh, has become a running gag. Oh, I'm really trying to curb it. So, are, are we being too optimistic, though, to say that two pitchers fixes this team? Yeah. <laughs> but two pitchers makes the team substantially better. Yes. There are still, still weaknesses, but they're better. Yeah. 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 I think the biggest – sorry, I'm stammering all over myself here. because <laughs> What has to happen effectively is that the young players have to continue to improve. You know, if you think about, like, Jose Peraza has, has made huge jumps this year. Um, whereas, say, like, Castillo has regressed a little bit. Well, that's fine. It's his sophomore season. But he needs to take another step forward. Mm-hmm. Molly needs to take another step forward. Yeah. Those are the kinds of things that are going to make this into a contending team, assuming that the Reds also shore up their weaknesses. Right. Figuring out a place to put uh, Nixon Zell. Um, yes. Joey Votto being Joey Votto. Yeah. Um, you know, Peraza, if he's in there, does he continue to progress? And he's had a what I would call a breakout season, to be honest. Um, I think I think it's fair to say that at this point, he's a roughly league average hitter at shortstop. He has reached, according to fan graphs now, because I just looked him up because we talked about him. He is now 2.0 wins above replacement, <laughs> which is officially average in only 123 games so far. Yeah, and he just turned 24. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, uh, that's why we always say don't give up on young kids. And I've been as guilty as some others of saying, oh, I just don't know if I see it with Peraza. 
but uh, yeah, I'm seeing it. Three yeah. th- three thirty three on base percentage, man, that's good. It that is good. That is above average. I yeah. mean, you know, he doesn't have a ton of power, which nobody ever thought he was going to have a ton of power. Um, uh, although he's got eight homers, yeah, twenty six doubles, four triples. I mean, he's starting to hit with a little bit more power. A little bit, yeah. I mean, it's it's he's a good player now. I mean, I uh, you know he is no longer a spot in the lineup. I think that anybody worries about. Um, and I would also just like to take this opportunity to say that I was right. <laughs> you were right. Yeah, no one else was calling that one. Um, I was hopeful because he's still young and he came up at such a young age. Those guys that come up young, you got to be good to make it to the big leagues at you know twenty one, twenty two years old. So I don't. I, I think we. I know I harp on this periodically, but it just it bears repeating. Like, just because someone is a rookie doesn't necessarily mean they're young. Guys can be rookies at 26, 27. That's not really young for a rookie. But if you're in the majors when you're 20 or 21 years old, like, you've done enough that people think you can come to the majors and not completely embarrass yourself, those are the guys you watch. And I don't care if they haven't done anything two years later because they're still now only 22 or 23. And they're still younger than your Jesse Winkers and your, you know, whoever else you want, your Todd Frazier's that tend to come up and stuff. Like, and they're in the major leagues when those other guys we're talking about were still in double A. Yeah. That's a, it's something that's really underestimated. The age someone comes up. Yeah. It's incredibly important. And it tells you a whole lot about what people believe in terms of their ability. Right. And, and, and you're just going to have a different, uh, arc of your career you know the the, the yeah. curve is going to be different and uh you got you still got a lot better chance of being a successful major leaguer if you're talented enough to make it at a young age uh so you know peraza i don't know what we've got here but i uh, i think most people would say at the beginning of the year we didn't expect to have what we'd have what we have now um it's in a lot of ways been the best case scenario season for jose peraza and uh, he's gonna have to shore gonna have to shore up the defense you know defensively he's still making bonehead mistakes but yeah, he just turned twenty four, but at, at at the same age, I think Barry Larkin made uh, what did we say twenty nine errors, I think, in a, yeah. se- in a season and, something. So, and and Peraza is a guy. I mean, he has a reputation for working. So, you know, anything that was within his ability to fix, he will eventually fix it. And did you see that clip of him uh, singing the national anthem this week? I, I saw that it exists. I have not actually watched it. Oh man, it was just he's he's been working really hard to learn English. Yeah, and he loves to sing. Evidently, and he was, you know, he wasn't singing the national anthem for the game. But he was on the, you know, down the first base line uh, with his teammates. But he was belting out the national anthem. And uh, they talked to him after the game, and he, you know, he's he's taken some pride. He and Eugenio both this year in giving interviews in English, and uh, and he was just so proud that he had learned so much English. He's proud of himself, and that uh, you know, uh, he he enjoyed talking about it. It was it's really sort of a sweet little interview they did with him because you could tell he was just sort of bubbling it, proud of himself really um and uh, it just seems like a nice kid just yeah. just seems like a good personality kind of like suarez you know mm-hmm. yeah i agree he seems like a like a very solid a, a very solid guy and, and the kind of guy that you tend to want on your team yeah yeah it, it, suarez today uh before the game he grabbed jim day's microphone and and because he wanted to do the uh like the, the promos you know this game is sponsored by or whatever so he's yeah <laughs> that was a great little video too of suarez doing that so i don't know some of the guys on the team seem like they like each other and they seem like they're having a good time and now we just got to put the wins to it yep and now is that time i mean and you know it hasn't been like it's it's been a notch down i guess since the all-star break but there have been the injuries and stuff but they still haven't. I mean, it hasn't been disastrous. It hasn't right. been like the beginning of the season. You know, it's been it's been kind of run of the mill, like kind of okay team has injuries. Like, you know, right? It, it's, it's pretty much where we're at. Like, it, you know, they were ten under at the All Star break, and they're fourteen under now. So you know, it's been not great, but neither has it been a total disaster either. They haven't descended back to the depths that we saw at the beginning of the yeah. year. So. And, you know, I, I don't care, you know, Mason Williams, all right, whatever, Preston Tucker, well, okay. Um, I'm not really wanting to spend a lot of money to watch these guys play every day, but they're playing hard and, you know, they're not, they're competitive most nights. Plus, you still get to watch Suarez. Yeah, and it sounds like is going to be back sooner rather than later, which is comforting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, he, he talked yesterday and it was, that was some comforting comments from him. So, 
uh, there's still things to watch. I'm ready for it to kind of be over, <laughs> you know, so, cause I'm really excited to get the next year. Cause I think next year is going to be, I'm going to say something ridiculous and make some ridiculous prediction in the spring. I'm sure about the team, but, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I, I am too. It's going to be, yeah. I'm, I'm choosing to believe that next year is going to be an enjoyable season to watch major league baseball in Cincinnati. And Let's put it there you go. And didn't you get the sense talking to the front office types that uh, they expect next year is going to be a big step forward? Yeah. I mean, it kind of sounds like, and there, again, there are public comments to this effect that, that they're looking, um, they're looking to make some additions in the off season. Don't they have to? I mean, I don't think that the, this current, if they don't, I mean, if it, if they don't, we're going to have to run posts on Red Leg Nation every day about how stupid it was that they didn't sign anybody in the offseason. As an organization, can they afford to have another bad season? You know, fans have already been sort of not coming out in droves. Uh, and But at least some of us have been like, okay, well, we can live through this if there's a light at the end of the tunnel. If we get five years in and there's no light, we're not seeing the light that we were told to expect – I don't know how anybody comes to the field. I don't, or out to the ballpark. I, you know, I think that this current uh, ownership group and management team are going to be in some danger of uh, losing uh, all interest in this, in this, and maybe some people losing their jobs. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's it is time now. I, you know, and with with the caveat that things can go wrong. You know, it's if something disastrous happens and. You know, everybody gets hurt or whatever. That's not on the front office. It's really not on the team. It's just a thing that happens. But they need to do. Uh, they need to do what they need to they, do. They need to sign pitchers. They need to go all in. It's time to go all in. Let's fill the holes and let's really try to put a competitive team on the field. We've been patient. Some of us more patient than others, but we've been patient. If they don't go all in in the off season, you know, I'm just I, I, I'm done. Uh, in some ways, uh, if they do go all in and it doesn't quite work out, like you said, if there's an act of God, if there's, you know, injuries, whatever, okay, you know, is what it is, but at least show me that you're willing to finally put the effort into improving the major league team. You've been spending a lot of time improving the minor league system, uh, international scouting, all that, rebuilding the franchise. Okay. Now it's time. Let's, let's improve this major league team. And uh, certainly after speaking to them, I have more hopes. Uh, or higher hopes that they're going to do that. But if they don't, <laughs> I don't want to hear this podcast this time next year if they don't, because we're going to be upset. I'm already getting upset. Yeah, you're right. Just thinking about the possibility <laughs> that they don't do anything. It can't happen. It just can't no, happen. No. Listen, Nixon Zell has to be a big part of this team next year, and there better be a starting pitcher in the rotation who is has never played for the Reds before. Yeah. And I mean in the organization. Right. <laughs> you know, because I don't think, yeah, no, there's nobody out there who's been in the organization who I'm really itching for them to reacquire. Right. I mean, you know, there's some kids that we could see play. Like uh, Lucas Sims. Yeah. You know, he's the guy that, they, one of the guys that Reds got in the Adam Duvall trade. He, you know, he can be in the mix for next year. And I do want to talk about him for just a moment. But we're talking about going out and getting someone that substantially improves at least one person, that, uh, and I think at least two, but that substantially improves this starting rotation. Uh, but can, can Sims be in that mix next year, just uh, switching off who they need to acquire? Can can Lucas Sims be in that mix? He's, I'm intrigued by this guy. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Um, I, I don't think anybody knows yet. Uh, the Reds just got hold of him. We did get to talk to him, um, along with Trent uh, Rosecrans, who was down in Louisville, uh, last night, um, we watched him pitch and talked to him a little bit after the game. And, you know, Trent has a story over the at the Athletic about him, and I would encourage everybody to go read that. I, you know, he's he's done more a lot more of the work than I have here. Um, but it was interesting. There were a couple things that were interesting that I think are worth talking about. Um, one of which is that, to me, he seemed, like, very focused on, like, preparation you know, he just, I'm here to do a certain thing, and that's what I'm going to do. Um, you know, at one point, I was like, well, in Cincinnati, you know, you got to feel pretty good about opportunities in the pitching staff, right? And he almost, like, kind of took umbrage at that a little bit, and he was just kind of like, basically, he was like, I'm just here. I'm going to pitch. 
wherever I pitch in five days is where I pitch in five days. But I'm going to go about my routine and work on the things that I need to work on and do what I need to do. And, you know, that was refreshing to hear. He was also really clear that, like, you know, um, in, in Louisville, I've said this before, but the ball really flies out to right field in certain instances. If there's any wind at all, it just blows straight out at right field. And he gave up a couple of homers last night. One, one was pretty good hit and one was a wall scraper. But I, in, in a lot of places, neither of them would be out. And I said something about it. And he's like, I mean, yeah, but that's part of it. Like, I can't, you, he was just like, I, that's not an excuse. Like, you just, that's, I still gave up the home runs. Um, so he was very willing to kind of like take responsibility for his performance or whatever. Uh, and he wasn't, you know, in any kind of hurry to find reasons why he should discount what happened. Sounds like he wasn't complaining about the Reds not telling him what they, what they want out of him, whether he's going to be a starter or a reliever. Uh, he definitely did not. That stands in stark contrast to someone else we just talked about. Who's one of my favorites, Cody Reed. I love Cody Reed. But, um, interesting. I, you know, Simpson numbers look – he's a former top prospect. Number one pick, right? First round pick? Yeah, I mean, I think the deal with him is just control, right? Yeah. I mean <laughs> – well, there are no other Reds prospects. Yeah, pitchers welcome to the one. show, yeah. right? Yeah, welcome to the uh, Reds. But yeah, my at least I, I don't honestly I don't know much about him. Um, you know, I've kind of looked at his number, and I'm, this is just like looking at his numbers. It's just it's been walks in the minor leagues. It seems like he's got a good strikeout rate, but he just walks too many guys. And uh, common tale. Yeah. Well, uh, he's one of the ones that'll be in the mix next year as well. When I talked about some of those guys after the starters, that maybe is your a swing guy or can can step in. So they got a group. Yeah, I just they've got to add some top shelf talent mm-hmm. to that group. So yeah, we'll see. A lot of stuff to talk about over the off season, I'm sure. But uh, let's talk about baseball being fun. You want to talk about that? Is baseball allowed to be fun, Chad? Sometimes they don't act like it, do they? Somebody flips. Yeah, somebody flips a bat, and then next thing you know. Uh, all everything breaks loose. We really need a red to bat flip. Oh my gosh. I, I've said many, many times that bat flips should be mandatory. Yeah. In baseball. I love them. And uh, we, I want to see who's, who's the most likely red to do a bat flip. I'd love to see a Suarez bat flip. Suarez could do a bat flip. Yeah. I could see that. I would personally, I don't think it will ever happen. Maybe you never know. I would love to see just what Botto could do oh. with the his would be the goat of bat flips. It would be, you know, it would be special. It would be <laughs> like, could, it would be something we haven't seen before. Yeah. I could see, uh, I could probably see scooter doing a bat flip. I could probably see Michael Lorenzen doing a bat flip. Definitely could see Lorenzen doing it. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. Somebody's do a bat flip. We need more bat flips. More. I completely agree. More bat flips and less pitchers hitting people in the knee on purpose. Yes. Ryan Madsen, you are can, dead to me. Speaking of baseball being fun, can can I just take a moment and rant here? Please do. What is more fun, grouchy listener who wants to talk about how baseball used to be? Like, players being happy when they hit home runs or the best player on your team being on the disabled list because someone accidentally hit a player on another, on another team so they felt the need to drill him in the knee? intentionally hurt. Yeah. Well, I wasn't trying to intentionally hurt him, but he intentionally tried to hit him, which I personally up, like it when the best players are on the field. Yes, yes. I think that tends to make baseball more fun. And so intentionally injuring another player. Eh, I look at that as a negative. Yeah. It's just, it, it oh, all these unwritten rules wear me out. You know, i it's more fun to me when players are actually having, acting like they're having fun out there. Yeah. Now, that was the redeeming quality of Brandon Phillips for so long, frankly, uh, when I was irritated about some other things about him. That guy, just he's smiling, and, and I don't know how much of it was real and how much of it was fake, but, uh, you know, that's why he became such a big star. But, you know, I love Amir Garrett. Big big uh, strikeout, pump the fist. You know, I love that stuff. Uh, when Aroldis Chapman did that forward roll, remember that? Yeah. He, he cut that save? I yeah. Mean, you know, players need to show more personality on the field. So baseball is having their players weekend this weekend though. And they're trying to, in a sort of slick corporate way, trying to allow the players to show some more personality. And so, you know, they get to wear whatever color 
spikes they want and different uh, wristbands and whatever. They can choose what to wear. But, but part of it is that gets most attention are, are all these nicknames. Have you heard about all these nicknames, Jason? I have heard about all these nicknames. And once again, the nickname <laughs> Champion resides in Cincinnati. He's the GOAT. We'll talk about him in just one moment. moment. Uh, but absolutely 100%. But I, I hear, Chad, that you might have something coming out about all of this. Yeah, I, I'm tired of doing deep dive analytic uh, pieces on the Reds, so I did a an analytic piece on the nicknames for the Reds. It'll be published at Cincinnati Magazine any any time now. And so I want to talk about all the Reds' nicknames for this year's Players Weekend. For those of you that don't know, this is the second year they've done it, and players get to pick whatever that nickname they want to put on the back of their jersey and uh, instead of their regular last name. And some of them are fun, some of them are not. And I want to get your reaction, Jason, to, to some of the nicknames. So we're going to run through all the Reds' nicknames. Uh, All right. Before we do it, we're going to go through this big list of, you know, baseball is, they're not traditionally very creative uh, baseball players. And a bunch of guys just have sort of the traditional baseball nickname where it's some version of their last name. Right. Tucker Barnhart on the back of his is going to be Barney. This is here. I've, I've, I've got, I've, I've got an idea. You ready? Let's hear it. All right. So I have, with the exception of a couple, I, I paid very little attention to these. So you want to go through the list, right? Yes. You go through the list, and I will use my professional expertise to grade these things. Okay. And I will give them. I will give them a letter grade. All right. Well, I'm going to go through this first list here. That uh, Tucker, right. Tucker Barnhart was Barney. Alex. F. Alex F. That's I agree. Alex Blandino. Blandy. F. F. Completely an F. Kurt Casali. Cass. C A S. F minus. <laughs> Brandon Dixon. B Dix. <laughs> That's almost vulgar. C minus. <laughs> You're gonna get me to go for a C minus. C minus. For, for B Dix. Uh Amir Garrett, A G. Yeah. F. But, but would you give him a D if it turns out he's announcing his campaign for Ohio Attorney General? Yeah, but I don't think he is. <laughs> Probably not. Uh Matt Harvey. Harv. Oh, come on. He's the Dark Knight. He's going with Harv. Yeah. You could go with Batman. Yeah. And you go with... No, F. <laughs> David Hernandez. D. Hearn. <laughs> it's terrible. It's terrible. These are awful. Come on, guys. I, I admit that I'm giving you the least creative ones first. Um, okay. Dilson Herrera. Dilly. Dilly Dilly. But just yeah, one. that's become a little bit of a thing. I'll give that a C. Well, but only one Dilly. It's not Dilly Dilly on his uniform. Which yeah, I, that's a good point. I, I'm going to revise. I'm going to say like D. Okay, here we go. Scott Shebler, Sheb, F. <laughs> Ridiculous. Jackson. I mean Jackson Stevens. Jacko. Yeah, D minus. Okay, nice. Uh, Preston Tucker, Tuck. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Completely an F. Mason Williams. Mace. F. <laughs> lots of Fs. You're handing out lots of Fs. I hope you suck. I hope your classes, uh, your students don't get these grades. Well, they. I have expectations for them, so they know better. All right. Jesse Winker. Wink. Duh. It's <laughs> terrible. terrible. F. All right. So lots of Fs. Now, there are a few who have the same ones as last year. Let's go through those, and I'll get let you grade those. Michael Lorenzen, Zen Master. I like that. That's solid. It's representative personality. I'm gonna give that an A minus. It's representative of his personality, absolutely. But he says it was uh, hung on him by Scott Feldman last year, uh, former Reds pitcher Feldman. Um, just playing on his last name, and so he loved it, so he's keeping it. Eugenio Suarez. Uh, on the back of his, same as last year, Nicole. I presume is how you pronounce it. N I C O L L E. Nicole, Nicole. Yeah, this is his daughter's name, right? Last year, it was his unborn daughter. That's what they planned to name her. She's been born now. He's still a proud father, and so he's going with that again. All right, so points for sentimentality on that one. Like, yes, you know, I, sure. I, I like the tribute, but, I, you know, it's not it's not top top shelf. I got to give it like a B minus. Yeah, it's, it's not creative at all, but we're both fathers, and uh, we, yeah. both, we both have daughters. And so, yeah, you know, okay. Uh, Luis Castillo. I will say it's better than like Swarzy. <laughs> yeah. 
Swarzy. Yes, that'd be great. That's a funny story is my son was wearing his uh, Suarez jersey to baseball practice one day, and some kid uh, on his team really didn't read very well and said, who is that, Swarzy? So, <laughs> anyway, that's a joke in our house that you just you got into. It's better than Tuck or Harv. Only barely. <laughs> yeah. Luis Castillo, La Piedra, The Rock. Same thing he did last yeah. year, but The Rock. I like it. Yeah. Um, I'd say B plus. Yeah, that's a good one. And uh, he says that's because that's what they call his fastball, the rock. Um, Wandy Peralta, La Grasa, which uh, if you use my uh, Google Translate, uh, it translates literally to the fat. But Peralta says it actually means something closer to the swagger. So mm. the swagger, La Grasa. That's not bad. No, I would, I would say like, I'm give that another B minus. Yeah, I think uh, he gets docked for repeating it from last year. I think, but yeah, and well, also just having, frankly, the season he's having and still having that on your back. Yeah, how are you swaggering? Yeah, with so the we'll give him had. points for guts there. Yeah, what do you think it meant when some kids on the playground were calling me La Grasa, the fat? That's, that's uh, not very nice. Let's, let's move on, Chad. Yes, let's, let's do that. move on. Uh, okay, Homer Bailey on the back All of right. his jersey, right? Homer, really? Really? I mean, it, it is his nickname. No. He's, yeah. Dave, he's David DeWitt Bailey. Yeah. No, if you wanted to be, I would give you funny points if he went with David. Right. But no, I'm sorry. No, that's an F. Not go, an F? Really? F. Well, well, let me make a case for it. It's it's definitely a nickname. It is definitely a nickname. It's also a description of the last few years of his career. Oh, Chad. That wasn't nice, was it? Ooh, that was hard, man. Okay, we're going to give him an F. Um, I, I wouldn't give him an F. I think I go C minus at least. Hey, who's the teacher here? Yeah, that's a good point. It's an excellent point. With my expectations. <laughs> All right. Uh, Sal Romano. Big Sally. Um, yeah, like C minus. Where do you think the big comes from? Is it, is it, is it because he's big? He's a very large man. He's large. You know what I would have preferred? Mustang Sally. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't ask me first. So, would you give Big Sally? Did I miss that? C minus. C minus. Okay, that's all right. Now, here we go. This is one that uh, I think is the most underrated. All right. And, and it sort of reflects back to something you said a moment ago. Rookie Davis on the back of his jersey if he were in Cincinnati. And, of course, he's at, at a, on a rehab stint still, or he's in the minor, whatever. He's not with the Reds right now, but he got to pick one because he's on uh, the list that they, that they sent out. His nickname, Bill. Is that his actual first name? William, but yeah, that's his actual first name. He's using that as his nickname. He's upending the entire system. So, okay, so I like that he's using his actual first name and he's shortening it. Exactly. It's like giving himself an alternate nickname from like a different universe. I like this. So Bill is definitely better than if he'd gone with William. Yes, I agree. I'm going to, I'm going to give that a B plus. That's a, that's solid. Oh, I think it's a minus. I think it's. It's on the line. I could be pers- if 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 Bill uh, if Bill Davis came up and said, you know, I put a lot of thought into this, and I, I feel like you're underrating my creativity. He could push me to get him an A minus. All right, there you go. I just feel like he's a rebel. It's just yeah. he's, he's completely upending everything. So next one, Anthony DiScalafani. Can you guess what his is? Is it disco? His disco. You know, I've heard that he doesn't care for that. Really? Yeah, yeah. I've heard that uh, somewhere. Um, but, yeah, Disco, I don't know. It's like a natural name shortening, but it's one that's actually fun and you see it. Oh, I think it's a great nickname. Yeah, so I'm, I'll give that. That's that's a B. Mm, I might even go go higher. Um, but, I, but I like Disco. I think it's one of the best nicknames on the team. And uh, But I wish he had sort of gone meta with this and, and put like Tony Monero. That's John Travolta's character uh, from Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. Or go Barry Gibb or Donna Summer or something like that on the back. Wouldn't that wouldn't that have been sort of meta? Wouldn't that have been better? That would have been nice. Yeah. I, I would have I would have enjoyed some 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 meta there. Yeah. Philip Irvin. Magic. That's that's pretty good. That's a known nickname. It's it's solid. It, uh, it is his nickname, and you know why for those of you that haven't put that together, there's another famous Irvin whose nickname was Magic. Yeah. Yeah. Irvin yeah. Magic Tumalo, that legendary cyclist from uh, Torino, Italy. Yeah. It's, yeah. <laughs> um, no, maybe there's another. You know, we got the, the sports crossover going there. Yeah. It's creative. Um, I can give that I can give that an A. 
oh man, really? I, I think it's a B, maybe even a B plus, but I don't know about A. Well, see, but here's the thing: is that like, you know, I, you like you're lobbying for like a better grade for disco, but disco is is one that is naturally arrived at when you look at that last name. Yeah. Magic takes a fair bit of, it at least takes some connection. I feel like magic took more to come up with than than disco did. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, I'm not going to argue against it. I'll, you know, it's it's a good one, but uh, I don't know. Is it, be, is, is it better than Harv? <laughs> Scooter Jeanette. Scooter Jeanette is Dale, but the E in Dale is a three. Uh, Choosing to honor his favorite NASCAR driver, the late great Dale Earnhardt. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not a NASCAR guy. That surprises me. A kid writes about a book that you really don't like, <laughs> and you have to like try to distance yourself from your distaste for the tech. <laughs> right. And yeah. Yeah, B plus, I guess. Now, see, I give I, I give that maybe a, a straight C. It's just okay. See, it is. That was my impulse. Yeah. I just, you you don't, you don't want to criticize Scooter, did you? You know what? I don't. <laughs> You're gun Let's shy. Let's move on, please. You're gun shy. All right, Billy Hamilton, Bone. I hope he stands next to B. Dix at some point. No, <laughs> I've got. I have to edit that out. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I hope my mother is not listening to this. I'm sorry. I can't rate this a family podcast anymore. Yeah. All right, Bone. Let me. Here's 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 how he it comes to that. Most teams, Billy Hamilton would be Ham or Hammy by some of those ridiculous. Oh, they went Ham and then they went Ham Bone and so, now it's just Bone. Yes, he became Ham oh, Bone that's because beautiful. It, it is, isn't it? it? Yes, yeah, yeah, Ham. So it's a it's a nickname based off a different nickname, basically. Yeah, A A at least not not A plus. I gotta say that A. Yeah, there's an A plus. Uh, so I agree. Um, that's a good one. Jared Hughes, Robot, and I found a place where he. Uh, God bless his soul. Uh, Hal McCoy did a piece about some of these nicknames, and a lot of the ones that he reported is just—it's not correct. I don't know if. He, anyway, love Hal, but his re, his report—the the quote he got from Muse was—it's because I do a great imitation of a robot. <laughs> I don't know if that's true, but it's all we got, so we're going with it. I like Jared Hughes. I'll <laughs> give it a. And robot is fun. I give that an A. Oh, really? An A. All right. Yeah, uh, it's fun. I enjoy it. Uh, Roselli Glacius. You don't speak Spanish, do you? I do not. Okay, I bet you can figure this one out, though. El Cyclone. Ooh, the Cyclone. The Cyclone. It's pretty good. It's not bad. It's, it's self-explanatory. Yeah. Descriptive. Pretty good. Yeah, I'd give it a B plus. I would have given an A if he, you know, he could have gone with El Cyclonarino if he wasn't into the whole brevity thing. Yeah, if it's see, if people haven't figured this out yet, the the way to really appeal to me is to be as like creative slash off the wall as possible, and at least a little bit funny. Yeah, yeah. Jose Peraza, El Llanero, which translates, as far as I can tell, to either the cowboy or the ranger. So I'm going to say the cowboy. Did Jeff like Br- did Jeff Brantley approve that? Do you think? Let's say A minus. Mm, uh, you just like Peraza. I do like Peraza, but also I like it because it seems to me at variance with his personality as it has been displayed. I give it a B. Okay. Kayuri Maya. All right. Manini. M-A-N-I-N-I. Manini. Okay. Have no idea. I've got nothing. I have no idea what it means. Uh, it, it's, it's not a, you know, I think he's from the Dominican Republic. It's not a... Uh, there's some kind of ho- of a Hawaiian term. I tried to Google it and figure it out. I can't. I've got nothing. Maybe it's just what he was called when he was a kid. I mean, that would, yeah, that, that would be okay. Yeah, I mean, we we'll have to give this one an incomplete. I think. Um, yeah, I think so. All right, Robert Stevenson is our next to last one. All right, Bob. F. <laughs> That's that nickname is precisely as exciting as his first two starts in the big leagues this year. And it's just well known. It's just what people call him. I mean, it's like, you know, it's like you putting Chad on the back of your jersey instead of Chadwick. Like, come on. I think he either should have put, gone with the full Bob Steve. That would have been better. Or he could have put on there, throw strikes. Huh. Maybe as a reminder. Uh, oh. Yeah. 
All right. So now we're going to bring come with the only the, the I, I imagine you're going to give an A plus. But before I do that, let me say uh, three of my favorites from around the league. Shane Bieber, Shane on the, Bieber on the back of his jersey, not Justin, not Justin Bieber. Uh, Aaron Nola of the Phillies, A. A. Ron. Do you get the? Have you have you seen that? Have you seen that? I've seen that. Yes. If if yeah, well, every teacher has seen that. Oh, I bet. Yeah, Balake, Balake. If you haven't seen that, go watch that Key and Peele skit. Uh, a. A. Ron, and then hmm. Hunter Pence on the back of his jersey is going to be underpants. <laughs> Under underpants. I love it. Hunter okay. Pence. Un- we got to get him together with uh, Billy Hamilton and Brandon Dixon. Can't bring back John Kulangas. <laughs> John Kulangas. John Kulangas follows me on Twitter, by the way. Anyway, so uh, the GOAT, Joey Votto. Yeah. Joey Votto on the back of his – no one else in baseball would have done something like this. It just He's the most interesting man in baseball. On the back of his jersey is going to be in Flanders Field. In Flanders Field. And that's a World War One era poem by a Canadian military doctor, John McCrae. Yeah. And um, – let me just let me just read Joey Votto's quote on it because he's the, and then I'll let you give your grade and, and discuss it. Last year being the first year we did Players Weekend, I didn't realize the freedom we had. I just felt like last year I had fun with it, and he and uh, Shin Tzu had similar nicknames last year, having fun. But this year I wanted to do something that had more meaning. I'm very proud and excited to have the opportunity to share with the public something that has meant so much to me. I'm Canadian. I remember as a student in Canada waking up, going to school on the 11th day, in the 11th month, at the 11th hour, stopping and paying tribute to our past, and the In Flanders Field poem being part of that process. It means a tremendous amount to me. I think our country does a very good job of paying tribute to our past. Whenever I go home and I cross paths with something that has history, especially as I've gotten older, I find there's more meaning to it. So that's what he chose. Uh, Comment on that, man. Man, Chad. I mean... Talk about knocking the assignment out of the park. I mean, yes, a a plus and like extra credit points. That's like a hundred and five percent right there. Gosh, it's even better. Uh, it's even better than D Hearn. Well, yes, amazing. <laughs> so let's let's just talk about how lucky we are as fan- the best player on our favorite baseball team is using the title of a poem that is meaningful to him because of its historical context. And he remembers it from like school. <laughs> this is like, it's, it's unfathomable I mean, for a ma- it's, professional athlete. Do you understand what this is for an English teacher, baseball fan? Do you, <laughs> More coffee and Vado coming soon. Do you understand? Like, this is just like, I, I have, <laughs> I have been to the mountaintop, Chad. I really? Yes. I know. I mean, it's just, it's such a, a thoughtful, a thoughtful thing um, and a meaningful thing to him. And he is literally the only player in all of major league baseball. I guarantee that put any thought whatsoever. Well, probably him and, and, and tuck are the only ones that put any thought into what they're going to have on the back of their Jersey. Any yeah. real thought into it. We're, yeah. we're, we're lucky, man. We're lucky to see that guy. And I dread the day he retires. Oh man. I, 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 uh... Can we like, I don't know. Can we like take up a collection for the next like however many years? I, I refuse to acknowledge a, a definite endpoint in his career. <laughs> right. And like, whenever he retires, just buy the team from Castellini and give it to Joey. <laughs> yes. Oh my goodness. Yes. Can we do that? I feel like we should do what uh, they used to do it in in, the, in America in baseball, but. Uh, over the years in soccer, especially in uh, in Europe, they'd have these uh, what they call testimonials when somebody's been playing with the team for a while, and the fans would take up a collection and they'd buy something. You know, back in the day, it was a set of uh, you know dishes or something, whatever. You know how it was back in the day, but and and they would have a testimony where the fans would honor and give gifts to the player and get a chance to celebrate what he's meant to the fans. I always I always see something about a testimonial in uh, European soccer. I think, man, that's what we need to do for Joey. Something to show how. Yeah, much he's meant to uh, this fan base, even when everybody in this fan base hasn't appreciated what we've had. So. Yes, I'm in. <sighs> okay, well, let's end with that one. In Flanders Field, Joey Votto gets a, a perfect score on this test. So, all right, well, you know, this is episode number 223. 
of the Red Leg Nation Radio Podcast. Thank you so much for listening, for downloading, uh, putting us in your in your ears for a little while. Uh, it always amazes me that any of you do it. But uh, I can't tell you how much uh, Jason and, and, and Bill Lack and I appreciate the fact that you listen to us uh, so often every week. This year we're a day uh, coming out a day early, just uh, for the record. This is going to drop a little early, and so we're going to surprise some people. We usually post on Fridays, but we're going to uh, post this one on a Thursday. So, uh, hey, lucky you. You get it a day early. If you haven't already subscribed, go to iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe, and uh, and especially at iTunes, if you can leave us a rating and a review five-star review preferably, uh, and many of you have been doing that. It does help us, uh, it helps people find us, and uh, we're moving up in the rankings, and it's just because of you guys, and I really appreciate that. We're at redlegnation.com every day talking about the Reds. You can find us at redlegnation or at redlegradio on Twitter. You can find Jason at Jason Linden on Twitter. I'm at Dotson C, saying ridiculous things every day on Twitter. And, uh, you know, uh, talk to us. Send, send me an email. Chad Dotson at redlegnation.com. If you have questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, we'll, uh, list, we'll absolutely uh, listen to those, read those, and, and, and try to answer them if we can. And as we said before, you can also send an MP3 to that email address if you have a question. Just record yourself asking the question, and we'll drop it into the podcast. Jason, buddy, always fun talking to you. Always a pleasure, Chad. Always fun talking about Joey Votto, too, right? We are so blessed. We are. We are. All right, for Jason Linden. And B. Dix, this is Chad Dotson saying so long, everyone. Thanks for listening to Red Leg Nation Radio from RedLegNation.com. Subscribe to Red Leg Nation Radio on iTunes or through your favorite podcast app. And join us for discussion of all things Reds at RedLegNation.com. 24 hours a day, 7 days a week.